What's going on, everybody? You're listening to another episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Heller. Uh, as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ty Dobbert. Ty, what's going on? Not much. Phillies are in their West Coast road trip right now. They've lost two out of three to the Los Angeles Dodgers. They got baseball's best San Francisco Giants, Gabe Kapler's San Francisco Giants coming up. Wasn't the best showing in Los Angeles. They, uh, they kind of need to figure out how to write the ship here coming up against the Giants. So we're going to get into it. But the Phillies went into, went into Los Angeles coming off two wins against the New York Yankees, sweeping them in Philadelphia in a two-game set. Then they went, they went against the Dodgers and weren't able to just carry the same momentum with the bats that they had. That was kind of the story of the first two games there. So, Johnny, what do you have to say? About that early showing in Los Angeles, they were able to salvage the third game with a really excellent performance from Zach Wheeler, as they've been getting a lot this season. But the first two games, they weren't able to do so. Yeah, I mean, like, I feel like anytime this team has really been losing this year, it's been because they haven't been able to hit. And that's kind of what happened uh, in this game. It's it's. Um, a departure from what we saw last season. Obviously, you know, the bullpen has been great this year and, and the pitching has been great. But last year it was they were scoring seven runs every other game. They were just losing anyways. Um, now they're scoring two or three runs and you can't really expect to win uh, baseball games consistently when you're not scoring many runs. Uh, you know, they like you mentioned, they they were coming out of that series against the Yankees where they won both games. They've definitely been swinging the bats later, better of late. Um, but again, didn't really score Monday or Tuesday and, uh, lost their best hitter in the process. Um, you know, Gene Segura on the IL with a groin injury, um, looks like he'll be out for three weeks. He's been there, you know, kind of the spark plug of their lineup and now he's, he's, he's out for a while. So they're really going to need to rely on, on, on someone else in the lineup to step up, step it up because, um, it's going to be hard to score runs. You know, it, it was hard to score runs with him in the lineup. And, and now- yeah, Segura, Segura really was carrying there, and they still weren't able to do it consistently. Uh, a little bit better recently as Segura really got hot, but the whole season has been a little bit of a struggle to score runs for them. And Segura was putting together, obviously, a really nice season. I think, I think he was almost a lock to make the All-Star game if he had stayed healthy. I, I think he's just been – one of the better second basemen in all of baseball and especially the national league. And maybe he doesn't get voted in a starter, but I think there was a, he was a virtual lock to make the all-star game. So yeah, that's definitely a huge, huge loss for the lineup. He was batting in the second hole a lot because of how he was performing and they're going to have to find a way to replace that. At least some of it. And it's going to be hard if they have, have guys like Williams starting to starting to come up and show some signs. Maton was hot earlier and he kind of cooled off. Then he got sent down. He's back up. We're going to see if he's able to kind of find the success he did earlier, but no matter, no matter what happens, like even if he is able to able to find a little bit more success at the plate, it is probably not going to be as good as Gene Segura was 
coming into coming into this spot here. Yeah, agreed. I mean, it's like he was one of the best hitters in baseball. Not like not like hitter hitter, but like you know the kind of hitter he is. You know, get get lots of base knocks and yeah, and he's that, that he's that he's that classic. He's like the classic top of the order kind of hitter. Like he's your like like when the boomers, when the older baseball fans are are complaining that baseball has lost the the kind of the art of hitting. He is the He's the quintessential hitter that you imagine. I, the boomers, I would say. the boomers that that also probably thought like Larry Bella should hit lead off. Like, yeah, you but know. He, Segura's better than Segura's <laughs> yeah. a better hitter than Bo. No, I, no, I, I, that's what I'm saying is like yes and no because obviously people are gonna look at the batting average and be like, oh yeah, he's awesome. But it's also like, you know, he's just been awesome. Like he has hey, like an I 890 mean, OPS. Yeah. Hold on, I mean, yeah, people like to complain or. People were were the younger side here of baseball, uh, of people who watch baseball. Not people me. people our age like to complain about like the older fans that are always complaining about today's state of the game, which is it does get annoying, but it is it is pretty awesome to watch hitters like Gene Segura who are just able to spray the ball all around and get a lot of hits and make stuff happen on the base pass. So oh, big big contact guy. I'm a huge contact guy. I love slap hitting. Okay. I, yeah. I love were you that. a slap hitter? Uh, yeah, without the speed. Yeah. Well, might I must you know I got to bring this in. I had had another softball game tonight, and um, for some reason I can't I can't like crush a ball anymore. Like when I was playing intramurals at Temple, occasionally I would like just destroy a ball. I can't do that anymore. So I've you, I've gra- really, you graduated college. And you I'm really I'm off. really honing into the like. All right, stick with the pitch and just like drive it up the middle. Like I had a couple a couple hits tonight. You know, note that this is slow pitch softball. Yeah. That Johnny <laughs> yeah, is trying I know. to be a contact I still can't. Hitter. I still can't crush the ball. Well, yeah, obviously it's easy to be a contact hitter, but like I'm not flying out most of the time. I'm hitting it straight, which is he's aiming for singles and slow pitch. Yeah, softball. hey man, hey man, got to do what you got to do. Like the outfield outfielders can play anywhere, so hit it where they ain't. As hit they it where say. they ain't. Yeah, we won so. True. Yeah. That OBP and slow pitch has got to be ridiculous, <laughs> man. I can't believe I can't believe that you're a contact hitter. Shut up. All right. Well, yeah. All right. Anyway, first game, first game in the Dodgers series on Monday, the Phillies lose three to one. Spencer Howard, he um, early on, it's all right. It's been the same story, like that he's been since he's been in the majors this season. It's been a lot of the same story. He looks good, good early. And he looks less good later in his start, which are usually still pretty early because he doesn't last too long in the games. He went four innings in this game, allowed three in runs on only two hits. He allowed two home, two home runs, one to Will Smith, one to Chris Taylor. He went, I think he went, he went a little while without even uh, giving up any hits. He just, the homer started to come. It wasn't a bad outing. Connor Brogdon came in. Uh, Connor Brogdon came in in the fifth inning for him. He finished the inning after Howard gave up a home run. And then Bailey Falter came in. He's going to be the new piggyback guy with Spencer Howard. And he looked really good. He's been outstanding in AAA and he looked pretty outstanding against the Dodgers. So, didn't is falter. it the ideal? Yeah, he didn't falter. He did not. He refused to falter, you could say. 
But do you think this piggyback thing is going to work over the course of the season? Is it is it like the best to have to do this? Ideally, ideally, Spencer Howard is like he was in 2019 in the minors. You love you love asking questions and then I have just talking. To, you, and I like, have like, to like add context. Adding context, but I, <laughs> I I'm adding context. Ideally, Spencer Howard's able to go deep like he used to be able to, but right now he's not able to. So is it is it going to work? That I, I mean, thoughts. I mean, what's what's your alternative? Like, you know, push the the bullpen for six innings every fifth night. Like, yeah, it's like I don't really know what else they're supposed to do. Um, as far as Falter goes, like he looked good on Monday. I don't, uh, I, I don't know how how good he's gonna look moving forward. I mean, judging by how he's looked in AAA, you know, the fact that they protected him from the Rule Five draft over over the the winter, like that kind of came as a surprise to everyone. And and yeah. I guess they they saw something in him. And, and yeah, I think it was velo- in, in instructionals jumps. in instructionals in the fall. That's when his velocity started yeah. to jump. So that kind of makes sense coinciding with the Rule Five draft in the winter there. Yeah. So you know, I think it makes sense, and and they should keep doing it. Um, I think eventually they should probably trade for uh, another starter. Um, so then you can use, um, I don't know if you then make it a, a Velasquez Howard piggyback, or you just throw Howard in the bullpen, but, um, it is, it is weird. Like it is weird. You can't deny like, not that they should be throwing Anderson or more out there. Like, I think if they had, a, if, if either of those, of those guys were like fine, then no doubt in my mind, Howard would be in the bullpen. I do. I think that's the better spot for him because right now, like you can't really tell when he's going to lose it. Um, like you said, he looked great for the first few innings on, on Monday and then the homer started to come and, and it's, that's kind of how it goes a lot is that he'll look electric. And then, um, you know, Girardi doesn't never pulls him out until he looks bad. I think maybe that's part of the mistake is you just got to like give him a lead or, you know, give him a, it's got to be a quick hook. It's yeah. got to be a quick hook with them. Like even if, even if he's cruising, he went he went three. I think it was three perfect innings. It was at least three hitless innings, and then fourth inning gave up a home run, and then fifth inning gave up a home run. He was out with no outs. So can't I believe, think can't believe you just retroactively um, jinxed the no hitter. Yeah, That's I didn't. I didn't mean that. You. I didn't mean it. Perfect game, actually. So. Yeah. But yeah, like like you said, like he'll look good, and it's a little tough to tell. But even if he goes three perfect, and then you can tell in the fourth, you can tell if you can tell in the fourth inning. I'm not saying this necessarily happened perfectly this way, but if you can tell in the fourth inning that maybe his velocity's down three miles an hour against the first batter, and he only walks the leadoff guy or something, I think you just have to pull him. Like you have to have an extremely quick hook with him right now or else things are going to start to fall apart a little bit. Not that they completely fell apart. He only gave up they only gave up 3 runs in a 9-inning game against a really good lineup. So it wasn't like a complete disaster. It's just to be most effective, you know things can really fall apart with Spencer Howard on the mound. So you have to manage like it. Yeah, again, like I said earlier, I think it's it's a really really weird thing just like given the fact that he can't throw more than 50 ish pitches um, without losing it. Maybe even fewer, fewer pitches than that. It's, it's weird that they have to start him. Um, I get why they're starting him and I get why they're doing what they're doing, but it, it just, I guess, speaks to the, 
the depth of, of the team right now. Like I think, I think, I think given what we saw from him last year and just like the, the fact that we know fully stretched out, he's still probably not going to be have it past the fourth inning. Like he's probably more useful in the bullpen. I don't know. I mean, I don't actually know. I really do not know. Like I think having him be really effective for four ish innings, if you know when to start pulling him at the right spot. And that's really tricky. Like that's really tough at this point, but if you can figure out like where the sweet spot is to start taking him out and you have falter and he's going to keep pitching really well, because he's not extremely stretched out either. You have to think he didn't have a minor league season last year. I think that's a pretty solid pairing, but yeah, I, I think he also would be a really good one inning reliever and you could probably use him more than once every five days in that role. I don't know. Right now they don't have the starting pitching for it. You're right think, there. Do you do you think that if if Ranger Suarez hadn't be hadn't been like that dominant, if he had if he had like a a three ERA out of the bullpen instead of just like not allowing a run his first twenty innings, do you think they would have been more inclined to try and stretch him out? I think they had Girardi had talked about that uh, last year because I think during, that's dumb during spring training one. I think that's kind of dumb because like. Not, not that it was fake, but obviously he's not a dominant pitcher. So, like, you can't I, – I don't trust – maybe I'm wrong here. I don't trust Ranger Suarez to be, like, the high-leverage guy. Sorry, I, I know I turned away from the, the Howard thing. This just popped in my head. Um, but I don't trust – I don't trust uh, Suarez to be, like, consistently good in high-leverage le- situations just based on the kind of pitcher he is. I, I, I would be more comfortable him trying him in a fifth starter role. I think he might be I of more disagree. value there. I disagree. Um, he's never inspired me as like an outstanding starter. It's got, it kind of, he, I know they're both like lefties and, and all like, it feels a little bit like the looks Romero like, thing. Looks like Cliff Lee out there. No, it feels saying? a little bit like the Romero thing. Like they could be like a fine, like crafty starter but probably feels like they'd be a better play out of the bullpen. Romero obviously was when he was healthy, was throwing harder than Suarez does, but it's a little bit of the same feel for me. I think it's not a, it's not a huge sample size, but when Ranger Suarez, not last year, last year, you can't even really count for him because of COVID, but 2019 and then this year, he's like been really good in the major leagues as a reliever, like pretty reliable. And maybe he, maybe the really high leverage spots isn't the spot for him. But I think he, I think he's a reliever. I, I, I really do. But that kind of this talk about Suarez does kind of lead us into the second game in the Dodgers oh, series. Wait, before, before we forget, before we forget, I, I know we're not going to go in depth in the games from this weekend. We have to touch on the fact that Nola like looked back. Um, he was awesome. We don't have to like go in depth, but I think it's important to note that he, after like maybe six or seven starts of not looking good, um, he was excellent. So correct, something to watch. Correct. Like I was saying, second game of the Dodgers series, uh, Suarez took his first loss of the season. So they lost five to three. The bats didn't really show up too much. They scored one in the second, and then two in the fifth. Um, yeah, it wasn't great. wasn't a great showing from them. Suarez looked a little more. Um, 
he looked a little he looked mortal uh, after you know a lot of the beginning of the season he just wasn't giving up runs so they dropped the second game they needed a win to avoid a sweep and then Zach Wheeler was due up in a really really cool matchup against Clayton Kershaw and he outdueled him and it was really impressive it it wasn't even at his best. He was throwing th- only 95 miles an hour instead of his usual 98, 99 at points. Um, and he won six scoreless innings. And yet, like I said, he outdueled Ker- Kershaw. Reese Hoskins gave the Phillies all the run support they would need. And they were able to avoid the sweep. Yeah. I mean, I think honestly, like Wheeler, he was good. Um, it's something we used to talk about with Nola before he actually started giving up four runs every game um, where it's like, he would have these games where he'd go out there and it seemed like he's like grinding. Not that it looked like Wheeler was grinding, but like he, it seemed like he was grinding, like really not have it, have his best stuff. And then, you know, you look at the box score and it's like, Oh, he gave up one run in six innings. Um, and that's kind of what it was like with Wheeler where he clearly didn't have his best stuff. He, I think he, the Dodgers had a base runner in all but one inning against him. Um, they had not, I know they had nine base runners in the six innings, and um, but he was able to work around it. didn't Didn't allow a run. It was the first time that Dodgers lineup was shut out in over a year. It was It was in 2019, which is a pretty you know wild stat. But to me, you know, with that in mind, with Wheeler not you know being nearly his most brilliant outing of the season, the the thing that stood out to me the most was Jose Alvarado because Jose Alvarado came in. You know, the Phillies are up 2-0. They did not, you know, as they had not done in the first two games, they didn't score that much. They, they got a run in the first. I think they got a run in the third or the fourth, courtesy of a JC Romito double. And Jose Alvarado uh, comes in in the seventh. And, you know, I'm sure Phillies fans are sitting at home. Well, those who were, who were still awake, sitting at home, shaking their head, thinking, oh, no. Probably uh, his his – extra or his late inning wild pitch to allow yeah an extra inning wild pitch to allow a run to score um yeah. from just a few days before that's probably fresh in their minds at this yeah. point that was his last outing until on wednesday night when he threw you know he struck out the side in the seventh Girardi sends him back out for the eighth um and he strikes out another guy doesn't don't allow base runners get six outs like that was absolutely like huge just um, you know, great to see from a Philly standpoint from for them um, to see him be able to put something like, to get, like that together because he has really been struggling with his, his control of his pitches and, and he was able to get it over the plate and, uh, you know, get guys out and that's what they need from him. So not that not that that's guaranteed, but against a really good lineup, he was able to put it together on, on, on Wednesday. And I think that stood out to me. More than anything. Yeah, and then Naris was able to close it out. He kind of maybe exercised. He hit hit two dudes with pitches. Yes, he maybe exercised some Dodgers demons, though. He got the save. And he has had struggles against the Dodgers going back years um, in Dodger Stadium. The back-to-back-to-back. At Citizens Citizens Bank Park, you think he – I think he gave up a lead once in 2019 and then he hit David Freese with a pitch. Uh, he's just had some experiences. I think Max Muncy has yelled at him from the dugout before. Like, yeah. Probably felt good for Naris, and that was a 
pretty big save, especially like you said, allowing some base runners there. Um, yeah, that was just a pretty good game. Reese Hoskins hit a big home run off Kershaw. Uh, that really helped Hoskins. That snapped an 0 for 33 streak. That um, yeah. you could say that's not a very good streak, and he was able to yeah. snap it. So let's see if it's, that it's worse than I am in my last 33. Yeah, slow pitch softball. So. Yeah, well, he probably wasn't <laughs> aiming for all singles, and they throw the pitches uh, overhand, so not and not thirty feet in the air. So I'd say it's a little bit harder to hit a major league. I haven't. I personally haven't done it. So yeah, yeah. I could but do you think that not kind me. of like Hoskins is streaky? We know it. That was a bad streak. He probably has some good ones left. Is this the start of one? He could he could carry a team not just for a few days, not for a week. He could do it for a month. That's, that's Matt, right. Matt Clentak talking about Michael Saunders, but that's also me talking about Reese Hoskins. That's right. He so, could do that. And he has done it at points. And with Sierra yeah. out, they might need it. They, they absolutely need really it. They, they that the team uh you know the the, I, the the Phillies. Wow, it sounded a lot better in my head, but I'm still gonna say it. The Phillies. They called the doctor last night. They said, "Hey, we need a prescription for a Reese Hoskins hot streak." What? <laughs> and now it's just a matter of seeing whether the doctor will fill this prescription. So, <laughs> speaking of doctors, the Phillies. The Segura's injured with the groin with the groin injury. Harper is banged up with a back injury, and he's dealt with a few different things. And Didi Gregorius has pseudo gout. I didn't know that was a thing before the other day. I had never heard of it. I've heard of regular gout, but I thought you only got that in your toes or something. Apparently, pseudo gout is something you can get in your elbow. He has it, and I think they think he'll be all right with some medication, and they can now that they have it figured out. Like he's closer to being back on the field, but. Yeah, have you ever heard of pseudo gout? Oh. Thank you. Yeah, never yeah. heard of that. I have never yeah. heard of that. I do, it feels like he hasn't played all year. And does it? It does. To me, to me, it does not feel like, oh, actually now thinking back, it does because his defense was definitely glaring. You know, I don't know if he's gonna be able to take that spot back from Ronald Torres. I think he will. He will. I'm not, I'm, I'm not. Now let's just see how Luke Williams continues to play. Hey man. You never know. You never know. Galvis isn't walking through that door, but you're right. All right. Anyways, Phillies, Gabe Kapler's Giants. It's coming up. What do you have to say about that series? What are the, what are the pitching matchups here? What What are you thinking? First of all, Let's talk about the Giants for a second. Um, I know we probably talked about them a little bit before the two teams played in May, which is when Connor Brogdon, uh, I don't know if he had given up a run yet, and then he gave up two, three run home runs in a really, really bad eighth inning, maybe one of the worst. Remember the Darren Ruff home run? Yes. So the San Francisco Giants are – one of the coolest teams in baseball because it's just a bunch of these really old guys, not really old, you know, uh, you know, like dudes in their thirties, just having incredible years, even though they're like deep in their thirties, Brandon Crawford, not, not Carlos Correa, not Trevor story. Brandon Crawford is having the best by far the best season of any uh, shortstop free agent to be 
Brandon Crawford. Uh, Evan Longoria's raking. Buster Posey looks like Longoria's he's hurt. 10. But he was raking. He was raking. Yastrzemski's um, better than his grandfather. Awesome. Yeah. Hey, I, I saw you. But Mike Yastrzemski and his grandfather both only had one home go-ahead Grand Slam in their life when trailing. So that Grand Slam was the greatest thing I've ever seen. Ever seen. Wow. Yeah, that, that, team, yeah, that this team, team on paper like is not. It's it's just not supposed to be as this good this as Giants is. team is dare I say 1993 Phillies esque of random players in their 30s having the best years of their life. Yeah. Yep. Now they're destined to they're, get dare walked I off say, on you know, in the World Series. Their manager's getting the most out of them. You could say that. Yeah. You could say that. Um. You so could yeah, say that. Friday night. Velasquez, Cueto. Um, you know, when I, whenever Johnny Cueto pitches against the Phillies, I just think of the time and think it was 2010. I think that Reds game was 2010. So that's that's the game where they scored 10. Hamels was pitching. They scored 10 on him in the first inning, chased him. And that was also the game in which something I've probably talked about on this podcast like six different times at this you point. You have. Where Jason Worth hit a grand slam off Paul Yanish. Well, the broadcast crew talked about the moon. So that's what did Wheels fun. say? What was the quote? He was just like, is there a full moon tonight? <laughs> As Jason Ford, it's a grand slam. It's awesome. Um, yeah. So Velasquez Cueto, uh, you know, Cueto, who, you know, he's been, he's had some, I know he had some dominant starts earlier in the season. Um, he has, a, he's all right. Is, is a even four, which, Feels um, like he throws a complete game shutout. Yeah. I mean, he's Johnny Cueto's awesome. Um, it's sad he'll forever be known for the Pittsburgh wildcard game. Nah, he'll be Where forever they... remembered as a World Series hero. That's hey, that's true. People forget that feels like not something that happened in real life. That feels like we love a game. we love a rental. Yes, absolutely. Um Saturday, it's Aaron Nola, Alex Wood. Alex Wood, who um, might, I think he caught, he was like around the same price as Matt Moore. Uh, and he's been really good for the Giants. And Matt Moore, I don't know. Hasn't if been, been great for I the I don't Phillies. know if you've been watching lately, but he has not been quite as good for the Phillies. Um, so just something to think about. Um, and then Sunday, it's Spencer Howard. Don't know who's gone for the Giants. So some good matchups there. Um, I think it'll they miss be, they miss Gosman. They do miss Gosman, which is good for them. I have um, a I have a confession to make about Kevin Gosman. Last year around opening day, I believe there was a report coming out that Kevin Gosman. I don't think he was in the rotation to start the year, and I believe he was upset over the fact that he was not starting and he wanted to be starting. He didn't want to be in the bullpen, and I believe I texted some people like, "Who's Kevin Gosman?" Like, complain about his role, like. I feel like you have to be better to do that. And then ever since then, he's been one of the best pitchers in baseball. So, Kevin, if you're listening, I'm sorry. You you are really good, and you should have been a starter. That was uh, a mistake for them to not have you in the starting rotation then. Wow. Wow, you love to see it from, from Ty. You know, one one uh, athlete to another. <laughs> we like to take – we like to take, uh, you know – we just like to admit when we're wrong around here. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it'll – I like watching games from San Francisco. I think that park's pretty cool. 
uh i've never actually gone obviously but like on the tv i don't know like do you do you enjoy watching from like different parks on even if it's just on tv yeah i think i've had this take on this show before but i like watching a trop game on television i want to go to the trop for real i was i was like there i was just like hanging out out outside in the off season it was it seemed it's it's just like a con it's like a giant concrete slab it's awesome it shouldn't be there you're right about uh about the giant stadium that is a oracle park yeah it is a good watch on television it's probably even better to be there yeah probably i mean i've never been so how would i know um what do you think? What do you think the Phillies do in this series? It's tough to predict a three-game series with I mean, they accuracy, but they probably dropped two. I mean, I don't know. I, I think I think they had to come into like like objectively looking at this this road trip ahead of time. It's like yeah, it'd be great if they came out great for them if they came out three and three, but you know, two and four is very yeah. likely because they're just kind of like the Dodgers. The Dodgers are a game behind the Giants. Like they're they're the two best teams in the in the league. So are the Giants real? That's the, another big question. Are yeah. they actually good? Mm-hmm. You don't think they're going to tail off? Nope. See, here's uh, the thing: is Gabe Kapler's teams don't have a history of doing that. And I trust that them. is true. A Gabe Kapler team? <laughs> no, I don't know. They might famously be, has I, never. I collapsed. really, I, I will say, I really hope they aren't fake. I think it's fun. Like you said, it's like the '93 Phillies, just a random collection of guys, just all playing really well, and it's fun to it's fun to watch that. So, um, I would not be upset if it was real. Um, if it yeah. was, dude, if it was, they would have they would have been like the top seed in the playoffs last year. If this was if this was last year, we would already be in the playoffs. That's crazy. Yeah, they're probably like kind of more normal, like people than the 1993 Phillies. Yeah, that's true. That That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's a good point. But yeah, yeah but the I, Phillies, the Phillies they do they could really really use a series win here. Yeah. But huge. I doubt it. Yeah. I don't know, it's only a three game set though. Yeah. You never know. For sure. Um Yeah, I mean that's that's coming up. That's this weekend of Phillies baseball. Um, you know, last time that I was on, which was actually two weeks ago, we ended the, the pod with, with some quick Sixers takes. Um, and we we logged off and Ty said, I want to do this the whole postseason. Well, Ty, this this might be our last chance. So, yeah, what yeah. Are your Sixers takes my Sixers takes um, Seth Curry. You uh, get to tampering, my friend, because. Your brother might be the only thing to save the 76ers. That's all I have to say. Wow. Wow. What about you? Uh, they're, they're going to the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, I mean, all right, I can't say it that confidently. I do think, I do think they win both games. Um, I, I think it's like 55-45, though. I think it's close. All right. But, but like, can they really come out flat tomorrow? Can they? Is, can they? Like, maybe well, they what's can. it matter? They come out amazing to start these games, and they that's still true. Lose. That's true. It doesn't matter. Yeah, man. I don't know. Yeah, I I really don't know. Uh, been... I I find myself with the Sixers and with this Phillies team that we cover. A lot of times, I'm saying to myself, I really don't know about this team. Yeah. I think that's kind of a trend, a, a, a thing they have in common. Welcome to Philadelphia. 
Um, all right, that's yeah, all definitely. I got. Brock Stassi back in the organization. That's Brock Stassi back in the organization. Love that's all it. I got. Um, you know, don't know who who's next. I heard there's a Jonathan Pettibone signing around the corner. Um, that's not true. Uh, and that'll do it for this episode of the Phillies Nation podcast. Thanks to everyone for listening. Ties glaring at me for my um, really great sign off joke. So. Talk to you next time.